Hello and welcome. This is a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. With this episode, we are starting a series of weekly podcasts in which we are making an overview of key events in or around Ukraine during the past week. This analysis is done by Tetyana Oharkova, who is in charge of international outreach of Ukraine Crisis Media Center. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I am a Ukrainian philosopher and chief editor of ukraineworld.org. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We're using a big part of your donations to help Ukrainian resistance and people affected by this war. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine. So what have we learned during this week, during the past week? Uh, one of the things is that Russians are continuing to uh, to send their missiles to different Ukrainian regions and... Uh, in this, in the past week, we have seen uh, again the missile strikes against Western Ukraine, so the region which is uh, which maybe expects or hope to be safer than others actually is not safer. And uh, we had uh, missile strikes on Ternopil, for example, on the on the town of Chertkiv, right on uh, on Monday, and also on Chernihiv region in, in on Monday. Yes, and um, there were some other strikes, missile strikes during the week in Mykolaiv in the southern southern Ukraine, so close to Kherson, a city which which was uh, um, which resisted again this Russian aggression back in March, April. It uh, unfortunately receives a lot of strikes, and in all these strikes, we have civilians uh, injured, and we have a couple of civilians who are dead during these attacks. So these tactics of Russian army, it's still in place. Another important maybe um, uh, news of the previous week is about this, uh, that we still discover new mass graves in, uh, in, on the ter territory which was occupied uh, by Russian army back in March, April. A new mass grave of civilians was discovered near Bucha in a city in a village called Mirotske. Um, police found seven bodies inside and people were tortured, uh, tortured before they were killed. They're shot by by heart, so the people were tortured, and unfortunately, such disco discoveries will are still to come in uh, in many uh, other regions which were controlled by Russian army. We had a quote of the head of the Kyiv Regional Police, Andriy uh, Nebutov, who said that Russian quote Russians tortured seven, uh, seven civilians and then brutally killed them by shooting them in the head. The mass grave with civilians was discovered. Uh, on the Russian soldiers' positions near Mirotsky village in Bucha district. So um, some of the victims had their hands tied behind their backs and were shot to the knees. That's, that's a quote from the head of the Kiev regional police. Yeah, and experts will, uh, they already began to try to identify the victims because a lot of people in the Kiev region are still missing. So families will be able, we hope, to find at least the bodies of their uh, people. Um, during this week, the battle for Severodonetsk was still going on, so the situation has not changed dramatically. Ukrainian troops are still controlling the industrial zone of Severodonetsk, when, while Russian army is still controlling the residential area. There is constant shelling on both sides, constant destruction of civilian infrastructure. The old bridges are already destroyed, so Russian troops, Ukrainian troops have some problems to, to for logistics to get uh, uh, 
arm supply to to get to get food to get everything it was reported also during this week by a journalist who traveled to severodonetsk that, that that he had to 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 swim in in order to get to ukrainian positions uh, i quote here yuri butusov who visited the place during this week so situation is extremely Uh, dramatic extremely hard but it as ukrainian officials say it is controlled so in a way there is no 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 real danger to be encircled and no way to be cut off no 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 real risk in the coming days to be uh, cut off all supplies so this is going on yes and severodonetsk is now a very important town uh, because it it is a regional center after the occupation of luhansk in uh, 2014 These three cities, Severodonetsk, Lysychansk and Rubizhne, they were kind of uh, this uh, conglomerate of, of towns and Severodonetsk was the center, the de facto sen- center of the Luhansk Oblast. Now, unfortunately, Russians have occupied the majority of the Luhansk Oblast. And if you look at the map, you, you see that the, the, the risk of encirclement are there, are present actually. But uh, Ukrainians are resisting, as, as you see, and... Uh, for Russians taking Severodonetsk uh, becomes as difficult as for example taking uh, beforehand uh, taking Mariupol weapons And were very much discussed during this week weapons um, western weapons coming to ukraine there were many different declarations coming from the ukrainian side for example on tuesday um, anna maler who is deputy defense minister Uh, said that uh, made an important statement saying that uh, western partners gave ukraine only 10% of needed weapons so uh um and um, here's a quote ukraine is using 5000 to 6000 artillery rounds a day russia uses 10 times more Ukraine resists Russia in every way possible, yet Russia has more weapons and troops. No matter how hard Ukraine tries, no matter how professional our army is, without the help of Western partners, we will not be able to win this war. It was an important um, statement just before the uh, and just another reunion uh, in Rammstein, what we call Rammstein format, uh, third meeting of Ukraine Defense Contact Group. And uh, also about the weapons, there was a statement by the advisor to the presidential office, Mikhailo Podolak, who said that Ukraine needs 1,000 Hovitzers, and we are now talking about like several dozens maybe, right? 1,000 Hovitzers with 155 millimeter shells, 300 multiple launch rocket systems, 500 tanks, 2,000 armored vehicles and 1,000 drones. Unfortunately, the news that are coming uh, about the front line, about the weapons, uh, they're far from this number. Let's let's be let's be frank. Let's be serious. And therefore, if Ukraine doesn't have this number of of heavy weapons, it it will of course be very difficult to reconquer the occupied territories and to uh, make a counteroffensive. But this third uh, meeting of Ukraine Defense Contact Group, there were new, uh, new announcements of new weapons coming to Ukraine uh, in reply of the statement of Anna Maler. Uh, for example, um, U.S. stated that they will provide new HIMARS to Ukraine uh, and there will be much more weapons coming. And some others, other countries also, for example, Slovakia, 
promised helicopters and ammunition. Canada, Poland and Netherlands promised more artillery. So they also discussed training of Ukrainian military uh, on the ground for them to be able to use these new weapons, new modern weapons. So some positive developments really took place on Wednesday. So let's see how it goes concretely on, on the ground and how, how and when exactly these weapons will arrive to Ukraine. Another important event of the past week is, of course, the visit of four leaders of the EU member states, uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron from France, uh, Olaf Scholz from Germany, uh, Mario Draghi from Italy and Klaus Johannes from Romania. This was a very symbolically very important visit because many people before this visit in Ukraine were discussing, okay, uh, whether Ukraine will receive an EU candidacy status uh, on the next European Council meeting, which w- which is scheduled for 23-24 uh, June. And it seems that the chances that it will get this status are very high because right after the visit, the European Commission issued a recommendation to, to provide Ukraine with the status. And basically the key statements of this high-level well, basically leaders of EU member states, were uh, backing this idea that Ukraine will get an EU candidacy status. And let me quote, uh, basically, well, this was also a message by Macron. And let me quote also uh, Olaf Scholz, the German Chancellor, who said that my colleagues and I came here to Kiev today with a clear message, Ukraine belongs to the European family. He also added that Germany broke a tradition and began to send weapons to Ukraine. We will continue to do so as long as Ukraine needs it. Also adding that Ukrainian service members uh, are trained in Germany in using these modern weapons. Another important diplomatic visit of the week was a second visit of Boris Johnson, who arrived to Kyiv without any announcement. It was a, a, on surprise, a visit on surprise. They also discussed all the security guarantees, sanctions, pressure, economic support to Ukraine, but first of all, supply of heavy weapons and air defense systems to Ukraine. Boris Johnson met Zelensky and people from his team. He was able to talk to people on the ground and uh, he was very positively perceived in Ukraine. So now we see that UK, which is outside European Union, is still supporting Ukraine. And there is a kind of competition between different blocs to support Ukraine at that uh, very uh, moment. There was a, 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 an important military victory of Ukrainians uh, during this week uh, that Ukraine uh, strikes Russia's military tugboat near Zmyini Island or Serpent Island. Um, this happened on the morning of June uh, 17th. The Navy of the Armed Forces of Ukraine said it hit Russian tugboat Vasily Bech right, as it headed to the to Zmini, Zmini Island. The tugboat carried ammunition, weapons and personnel of Russia's Black Sea fleet to the island. So it, it is also important, uh, important, uh, important news. Yeah, and uh, specifically in the context that uh, US and Denmark pledged to send harpoons and to ship missiles to Ukraine. So we still don't know exactly, it was not officially said what kind of weapons was used to hit this tugboat. But we can guess that maybe some uh, foreign, some Western weapons are already 
successful in this battle. And maybe let's end with um, with uh, the last news uh, is that Ukraine introduced finally introduced visa regime with Russia for Russians. So now Russians cannot enter Ukraine. Any Russian cannot enter Ukraine without uh, getting a visa. So there will be much more control of people coming here. This is a symbolic gesture for sure because there is no more, not, not a lot of travels between Russia and Ukraine at that moment. But still, this is important. And this step of uh, Zelensky and his government was very much supported by Ukraine, Ukrainians. So this is our overview of the key events in and around Ukraine during the past week from the 14th of June. Uh, we will keep on this track of making these short weekly podcasts in which we make an overview of key events. And of course, uh, for deeper knowledge of Ukraine, we will have much longer, longer discussions. So stay tuned, stay with us and stand with Ukraine. 